Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we had a fun one. We talked about our first jobs, and we talked about my first job, Jared's first job, as well as our first side hustle and the important life lessons we learned doing those jobs. And then this week, what are we going to dive into, Jared? This week, we're going to talk about the mental health of our athletes and superstars. And uh, basically, we're going to talk about what happened with Simone Biles and uh, Naomi Osaka. And uh, if you guys don't know what happened, Simone Biles, who is five times world champion, um, gymnastics, right? Um, and former gold medalist from last year. She just withdrew from the Olympics, right? She just withdrew. Was it from the team or the uh, individuals? Or just entire? I thought it was, was it both? I think it was all of it, right? She just withdrew, yeah, and cited mental health reasons. And um, this is shortly after uh, Naomi Osaka, who is the number one tennis player in the world, uh, withdrew from the uh, French Open. I think that was, what, last month or... Uh, Two months ago, when she was yeah. Doing yeah. like that, and so again, citing mental health reasons. So you have uh, number ones in the world, right? In sub in subsequent months, withdrawn from you know, I mean, she withdrew from the Olympics, though. I mean, that's even bigger. That's way bigger than the French Open, man. That's like that's you know, once every four years. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna let you go first. I'm not gonna inject my opinion before I get onto this one. I'm just I'm gonna let you talk about how you feel and then I'm gonna express my <laughs> You know, I think so there there there's there's parts, there's multiple parts here, and I'll, I'll try to explain each of them. There is the the fan of sport who wants to see the best perform at their best. There is the the appreciator of competition, especially the psychology to perform at the highest level, who wants to be upset and say, oh, well, you know, you, you cracked or whatever. There's, there's, the, there's the United States citizen that wants to say, well, you're representing America. This is a time that you, you have to perform at the highest level. You know, it, it, you're letting your team down, all these types of things. Letting your country down. Yeah, letting your country down, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and Lord knows we've all we've had some many testy things about the country the last few years too. So this would be a really positive thing we could maybe try to put around. But I think the bigger piece for me, Jared, what I was telling you before is I, when I start to take away my own those reactions and I think about okay, well, what if I were to expand the concept of team to a, a bigger, broader spectrum and look at it as a team of like you know humans, not United States, not Germany, not gymnasts, not athletes, not anything, but just humans. I think that what she did is going to speak much larger, plays a much bigger positive role for humans as a team in addressing something that we often shove aside. And I think that these are things in athletics that have been staring us in the face for a long time. We just, we, we say other stuff like there's, there's a statistic in, the, the big four, so football, basketball, baseball, hockey, the big four in America. And it was saying effectively that 
it's like 40 to 60% of the athletes are financially desolate or bankrupt within three to five years of retirement. Now think about that. Like these guys have an average lifetime earnings and millions and millions of dollars. And then three to five years after their career, they're, they're financially desolate. Well, you know, people say, well, they're financially irresponsible. They're spending money, you know, irrational, irresponsibly. Well, and one can also honor, argue, well, why do we, why do we have to do that? Because when we mentally and emotionally feel so, you know, out of sorts with ourselves, we'll often turn to financial compensation, getting pleasure hits, right? Something to help us getting a sense of normalcy. I think that we ask our athletes now because we have put such an ethos on being number one and being the best. We subject our athletes. There's there's a pressure of competition, but we have a, a relentless media who is often brutal in scrutiny and will take people who are in the spotlight and make them into make them into an appetizer that we're all supposed to dine on as we sit around and discuss, right? Most of us will discuss more about what's going on in the lives of public figures than we do the lives of our own children. And we're more insightful with it too. And so it's not just this athlete and their, their athletic merit. It's their, what's going on in their relationship, what's going on in their family life. You know, what controversy did they did? Did they vote for Trump? Did they, you know, what political spectrum are there? All this stuff that really has nothing to do with their sport that weighs in on these these guys that is completely, I think, unnecessary for us to know them, but boy, in the name of a good story, do we sure, do we sure offer our athletes up to the public spotlight and do we feel entitled to have access to them in that way, shape and form? So that's all to say that I, I really admire what she did. I respect it. I think that it, it's a big step forward towards us really starting to examine something at a broader spectrum of what's most important. And I think for her, as an individual, as a human, to be able to call, to create that separation and say, you know, gymnastics is something I do. It's not who I am. And this is, this piece is more important to me than, than this other thing I do. Gosh, I think we would all go a long way to separate ourselves, our identities from the things we do and actually really identify with who we are. Because I think some of these mental health challenges that we run into are byproducts of us wrapping so much of our identity up into our, our jobs, our hobbies, you know, these, these roles we play, which are all part of who we are, but not necessarily all the person. So I, I think that I, I really admire she did it. I really respect it. I'm a huge fan of the choice. And I think that this has the opportunity to hopefully open some doors on really important and meaningful conversations that we can start to address with just the kind of pressures we put on one another, how we treat each other. You know, what is, what are we entitled to as a public, as fans of sports? You know, what is our, what is our media have licensed to broadcast about another human being? You know, all those types of things. So uh, that's, that's what I have to say for right now, Jared, your turn. All right. All right. I almost just, I'm upset. I'm not, and I'm not trying to say you didn't make any good points. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm not trying to say that media scrutiny is not, you know, it's not, it's not a heavy burden um, to bear. Hey, when we started this, this, this podcast, right? When we started building a bridge, and we knew we were going to talk about topics like this, that was one of the things we took into consideration. How are people going to take what it is that we have to say, right? Yes. And and I can hear people say that, oh, when you're an athlete. 
you don't sign up for all that and blah, 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 blah. But everybody knows if you're the star player in high school and in, in, in football, basketball, swimming, any sport, if you're going to the Olympics as uh, a teenager, whatever, you know, you have been in, you're in the spotlight, right? You're going to walk, you're walking down that path to be great at your sport, to be great at this thing, and you are in the spotlight. You're in the paper, you know, people are talking about you, you're getting interviewed all the way up to the point where you get to the Olympics. And part of the reason that we love these people, that, that these, that we have these mythological, that sports people become heroes is because they do ungodly things and deal with ungodly amounts of pressure, right? It's not, we don't think Simone Biles isn't like under pressure when she's, you know, on the, on the vault beam, like, you know, when she's staring down the runway and there's 20 different cameras and millions of people watching her from around the world. We know that she's nervous. We know she's scared, right? We know, we can feel it. And when, we, when you watch somebody, that's uh, to me, that's what the Olympics is all about. When you watch somebody perform in that moment, right? You're like, and that's, and that's inspiring. And guess what? Guess what happens when you perform in those moments? You get sponsorship deals. You know, you have millions of followers. Uh, you know, you have people where you say, you know, I'm by this and I use this product. And, you know, all of these people are going to buy and use that product because you used it because you represent the epitome of man, right? Or woman, you know, you, 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 are, you are a peak human and we all salute and applaud. You, you know what I mean? That's why they make, that's why you make so much money, right? And now am I, am, am the thinking rational man, right? Part of me, <laughs> Jesse is is really does applaud it in the fact that you get to you get to see these people that we usually put on pedestals pedestals you get, literally put them on pedestals we literally put them on pedestals literally okay I'm just gonna say that one more time we literally you win the Olympics you literally get put on pedestal just just so you know like this is not, it is about as great an analogy you can get for peak human performance as possible, right? Mentally, physically, everything, right? Genetically, right? <laughs> They're elite, right? And so it, when you watch, when you hear somebody like Simone Biles do that or, or Naomi Osaka, right? And uh, you hear them be vulnerable, right? and express where they are um minus the crash and burn of like a tiger woods or somebody you know uh who else or even caitlin jenner to a certain extent right or <laughs> you know bruce jenner right you yeah, know yeah um, but so so minus minus the crash and burn of, of people like that when you when you see them be vulnerable in that moment it does give us all a little bit of more permission to be more human right you know because this person that you put on the still so I, I for that reason i can kind of like i applaud and respect it but then the other part of me is like yeah you're not a champion though you're not a fucking champion i don't fucking i, I, I won't you know so like that's 
I, I just, yeah. I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, dude, and I hear you. I think like anybody who, who, I think that's, that's kind of the dichotomy, right? Is it's like, and I, and I love this conversation because we, we can sort out the upsets. Like, what is it that we're upset about? Because most of the time we just say I'm upset and it seems like we're upset with her decision and, and then it becomes this negative thing. Well, no, there's, there's pieces of it, right? Like we can all see these different pieces of it as fans of sport, as, as competitors. And, and dude, I hear you. Like I, I love, I was in the gym the other morning and, and one of the women had just won a, a gold medal in swimming and I'm sitting there crying watching her family, you know, they have, cause there's no fans there. So they're showing the family back at home. They're crying because it, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to see somebody achieve the pinnacle of their sport, especially knowing or not even knowing, but having an idea of what kind of sacrifice and dedication they've put into it and the challenges and the obstacles overcome. I think about how, you know, how much I build my life around my training regime regime and I can't even imagine what it would be like for an Olympic level person to do it too. And and especially to build that with that dream for 10, 15, 20 years. That being said, I think that it almost makes it all the more extraordinary that someone like Simone can be at the pinnacle of her sport for so long, still be at the pinnacle of the sport and then make a decision that you're knowing that if she were to win, she would be on the Wheaties box. She'd have, money for life, all those types of things at a young age, make a decision, say that is not as important as this piece is right now. Now, inevitably her probably coming out and saying this, it's going to open up a whole bunch of doors for her that wouldn't have been open otherwise. But the fact that she's talking about it and the the little snippets I heard from her, I was really impressed with how straightforward and composed she was with it. And it wasn't like she's having this breakdown or anything. She's just very clear that this is what's most important to me. And, and I think then it's, it's, you know, I'm going to, this is going to sound really cheesy, but she goes from being a a champion of gymnastics to really almost a champion of the people in the sense of now she's, she's becoming a voice to this whole thing that everybody deals with in some capacity, but we just don't talk about it. And so while we may not have Olympic level pressure, all of us feel the, our own equivalent to Olympic level pressure day in and day out in our performance at work, how we interact in our relationships because of expectations that have been set on us and they may or may not be set by people we're with, but they might be societally implied expectations, right? If I don't have, I mean, even as simple as just social media now, dude, if, if I don't have as many followers as you, and I'm trying, and that's the competition I'm getting because for me to be successful, I need to have this many followers. You know, you hear these stories all the time about kids and teenagers that are, are suffering depression, becoming suicidal because of social media fallouts. They're, they're, they're not getting as much interaction or engagement as other people. So there's, there's this pressure that they're putting on themselves of this is what I need to do to achieve, to be fit in, to matter. And so I, I think it's, it's really incredible that someone at her caliber, the best, best in the world for so long at the peak of it on the biggest stage at all can say, you know, there's something more important than this. There's something more important than this. And I think that we all need to recognize that there are pieces in our lives that are probably more important than the stuff that we put the most pressure on. 
But those are the things that we often neglect the most because we're so pursuant of those things that we put the most pressure on. I, I think back to the study that happened with the astronauts in the 70s when they were returning back from, I think it was in the 70s when they were turning back from space and there was this huge incidence of depression amongst astronauts. These people literally went to the moon. Now what? Well, you live your whole life trying to go to the fucking moon. You get there and you're only in your 50s or 60s. You got 20, 30 years left in front of you. Well, what are you supposed to do your life? Yeah. Well, okay. So, like, I understand everything you're saying, but you, one, you still went to the moon. The other yeah. problem after doing that, right, you can't say, well, it's going to cause mental health problems if I go to the moon. So For I'm sure. Not, right? <laughs> so, you know, like, is, 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 I, so here, so here's my question. I'm listening to you, and I am, I am, I really am torn. Like when I think about it logically and everything else like that, because there's a part of me that still like likes, respects, admires the John Wayne, Clint Eastwood type of, you know, mindset, old school at it, you know, just get after yeah. it. Done. Do you feel like, so when I listen to this and I think about people like Simone Biles, I'm like 30 years ago, this would be like unheard of, right? Like 40, 50, 60 years ago, this would be like unheard of. Like, like if had someone did that, they'd be like, oh, like America would, as a whole would be like, you're never going to Olympics again. I'm never, <laughs> you know, you're a wimp. You're soft, yeah. you know, yeah. male or female, like you know, the whole, you know, everything would have would have would have fried them. And um, I don't know. I I just are, are people getting softer? That's my question. And or or are we getting you know wiser and more all encompassing and yeah. better or softer? Right. That is such a good question, Jared, because it is, there's like, there's this balance of uh, building resiliency is so important. Building, you know, mental toughness, tenacity, emotional toughness, so importantly, like we, we are going to encounter challenging and difficult things in life. We're going to have challenging and difficult conversations. If we don't build up these, these skill sets, then we're going a whole nother way where it's like, you know, we're in this space now where people are supposed to, you're supposed to adjust how you talk because you're supposed to take into consideration how I feel. Well, how are you supposed to know what I'm going to feel or how I'm going to respond? It's not your job to mind read me or anticipate it. It's my job to build up some resilience and resourcefulness and be congruent with who I am and not be reliant on you for my own feeling good about myself. So, you know, I, I hear you on that. Like I I'm deeply concerned about that too, because there's, there's, there's mental health. And then there's, there's us placating to our own inability to build our own resiliency because we're, we're, we're unwilling to, we're unwilling to look deep within ourselves. We're unwilling to deal with our own shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, I feel, I feel double-edged, right? So like, you know, I think people need to recognize no matter what situation you are in life, right? And, and, and we all need permission to be weak at times. We need that. We all need permission to be weak at times. And when you watch somebody like a Simone Biles admit to weakness before 
again before they crash and burn like say a tiger wood right before they absolutely just implode right um you know so i i can i can dig on that but but at the same time it's like that's if you do want to give her a pass she's simone biles right she's already you know she was an orphan She's already five-time world champion. She's already won Olympic gold, right? Like, she's you. You can't Vincent say she's not me. resilient. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. She's like, already. That's, that's what's incredible about her. She has she has a certain level of authority because of exactly that. She's proven her resilience. Yeah, I, you know, as you were asking that question, I was thinking about this this story I recently heard. So, a, a guy who I had on my podcast not that long ago. He was telling me the story about his father, who was a decorated World War II veteran. You know, had saved all these people, um, received all these accommodations, awards. People tell stories about those kinds of folks, right? You know, the, the sacrifice, the heroism. We love hearing those kinds of stories. We love them. We celebrate them. They're in our ethos. They're in our very DNA. Those are the stories we want to use to rally, to fire up the troops, you know, get people pumped up at halftime. And about 15 years after World War II ended, when he was only 17, 18 years old, his father took his life because he was suffering so much with the horrors of war and because he was of that generation and, and that mindset that, you know, big boys don't cry, suck it up. It's what you had to do, blah, 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 blah. So he kept stuffing it, stuffing it, stuffing it, stuffing it, waiting for it to go away. That was the immediate analogy I thought of. Yeah. Which is why I can't argue against it, right? Because that, that it does... That tough, be tough at all costs mentality, for lack yeah. of a better way to put it, it gets people killed. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it's like, and so then it's like, how much is someone supposed to sacrifice of themselves for our feel-good bedtime stories? Oh, you know, and that's that's the thing that I think we really have to start to consider. I, I love, dude. This morning, driving back from the gym, I drive back. I'm listening to the Avengers soundtrack where captain america is 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 facing over thanos and all the avengers search up and i cry every time i've listened to that a thousand times i've watched the scene a thousand times i cry every time because i love those stories where people are rallying and overcoming the, the extreme odds and people are coming together and all those things I, I absolutely love those stories in fact in fiction and in fact and as much as i love those stories for me to be a conscious human being, I have to acknowledge that there's tremendous sacrifice on the other side. And what, what sacrifice at what cause does that come to that person who's sacrificing? Yeah. It's freaking awesome to tell stories, you know, and it's really great. And, and I think that that's something we, maybe it's for humans. And this is where the conversation goes as we start to examine that is the whole notion of sacrifice you know, we celebrate sacrifice at such a high level. People sacrifice for their sports, sacrifice for this, sacrifice for that. But are we really in a space in life right now? Exactly. <laughs> sacrifice. This yeah. is love, sacrifice. That's my, that's my motto for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's, here's my question to you. I think sacrifice was one of those values or virtues that we often celebrate and put on a pedestal for so long because we were so pursuant in survival needs. We had to sacrifice to make our lives better. 
We had to sacrifice to make the lives of the generation proceeding better for us to meet basic survival needs. And I think for most of us, especially in first world countries now, we're at a space where survival needs are fairly well met in mass. You know, we're not going to necessarily be without shelter food tomorrow. And so the sacrifice still have to be celebrated or still have to be put on such a high pedestal. You gave me an epiphany. What people, what, what was heroic about what she did and the change in sacrifice now is, is ego. Hmm. Sacrificed some of her prestige, right? That's what you. That's what you witnessed, right? She, yeah. she, 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 she made herself more human. She sacri- She was willing to sacrifice, and that's. And I think that's what you're seeing now, at, at more, being and being respected because because people, they don't have to make sacrifices or, or people are making sacrifices around time, and things like that, and family and stuff like that. Yeah. But a lot of people live trumped up and fake lives yes right? and they live and inflated they're inflating falsely inflating their egos and so the turn now is you see somebody like uh simone Biles and naomi osaka on the biggest stage like if she'd have put out and lost it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been that big of a deal she'd still be simone biles right it would i mean she'd be lost whatever but when she comes out and says that, it it's a it's a it's a huge risk. It's a huge risk. Is there's no way I can think in in my mind she can think that there's a positive outcome from this aside from helping me mentally, <laughs> right? And that's it. Like what you said about ego, ego, ego placation is always at the benefit of others. I'm. My ego is fed by your acceptance of me. Yes. Right. But what she's doing is she's saying, I'm not necessarily considering others. She's considering her team and that she could cost her team a medal. And that was unacceptable for her. But more importantly, like it's like a choice of self, right? It's a choice of my own well-being because why I love, I might love gymnastics. I'm, I'm a great gymnast. I'm a great athlete. This is what I do. It's not who I am. And I think that's the powerful separation piece that most of us struggle because most of us, we have our identity so deeply entrenched with what we do. Yes. And, and, and in doing that, we pers- the pursuit of doing is because ultimately I'm doing not just because it's my pursuit, but because I'm looking for the acceptance. If I do this enough, Jared will notice me. And if Jared notices and accepts me, then I'll be accepted and loved. You know, but he still hasn't noticed and accepted me. So I have to do even more, sacrifice more. You know, I'll sleep less give up more time with my family, give up more time with friends, all those types of things. And, and, and then it becomes that at what cost. So yeah, one day you might call me up and say, Hey, Jesse, you know, I noticed what you've been doing. That's awesome, man. Okay, cool. Well, I just gave up four and a half years of my life to try to get that phone call from you. But in the meantime, my, you know, kids and I don't really talk, uh, you know, I've let my health go, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then do we get to a point then where we're, we're just all, we're all chasing ghosts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of our, of our own creation. Right. Or, or yeah. the world free for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, 
I, I, uh, so I, I, I wanted to look up because I always mess it up, you know, like ego versus id versus super ego. If you guys yep. are into psychology, because <laughs> I wanted to, because, but it's that, that is, that's why I think she was willing to give up. I think that's the new, if, if I can change my thought process and let go of my love of the, of that male, of that bravado, whether male or not, right? Whether you saw it in male or female of that, you know, at all costs, when at all costs kind of mentality. Cause, cause I do, I do love that. And I do respect it. Right. You know, I, wasn't much, I wasn't really a Jordan fan. I can't, I can't help it. Right. And that's why I loved watching. If you guys follow basketball, Giannis, I, I the Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> I can't say his last name. The Greek freak. I love watching him <laughs> win the uh the you know the NBA championship. Like he had that was probably one of the best basketball games I've ever watched one person play. Like full mm. effort. Because I just it was like, oh he scored a basket. Oh he blocked a shot. Oh he scored a basket. Oh look at that defense. It was like he was everywhere. Everywhere. And I was like, wow. And it was just like hard work determination you know and, and and you know you hear he's cramping up and he's got to get on the ivs after the game you know you hear the, the jordan flu story right you know it's like it's 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 hard to acknowledge how much i admire that and then still say i respect what simone biles did does that does that make sense like yeah Totally. But I, I do respect it, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, you know, I, okay, I like, I, I, I'm disappointed. It's no way, there's no other way, it's no way I'm going to be fucking proud. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I respect, I respect it. It's like, you know, it's like when you, when you ask the girl out that you had to crush on <laughs> for the longest and she tells you no. It's not like you're like, I'm happy she said no. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you're, you're very upset she said no. I got to respect it. You know, you're your own person. Good. I'm, I'm obviously not good enough. <laughs> yeah, dude, I hear you. I think that's, that, that's why this is like, I appreciate this conversation so much with you because it is, this is the, I think this is what really goes on in the human animal as we experience this stuff. But what ends up, because we unfortunately don't hold space in our society for these kinds of conversations. We're so quick to say, well, you're insensitive or you're a jerk or you're this and certain name calling that we don't create safe spaces for us to even have these conversations for people to start to really put language around why they feel what they feel. And instead we just, we just escalate it really quickly. Well, you know, you're not, you're not care about what she did. You're insensitive chauvinistic asshole. Oh, well you, you, you're supporting that she did that. You're just a soft snowflake sissy boy or something like that. You know, whatever it is. So what I, you're saying is, Jesse, if somebody does it like I did it, they're okay, right? So what you're saying is, if I say I'm disappointed, I'm upset, I don't like it, but I understand. I'm okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, but I think that's what it is. Like the whole point of having conversations is, is that we don't all ever, ever have to agree with one another. Like, it's just like, I can you and I may have different viewpoints of this, but I can love and respect you as a person and your opinion. And, and, you know, and I a hundred percent see where you're coming from. And I, 
And I feel a lot of, and I have felt a lot of what you're feeling with it. I, I get that. Like I really, really do. And so that doesn't make me right. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you right or me wrong. It just, it's just our human experience. And that's who am I to say that your experience is wrong? And who are you to say my experience is wrong? It's what you felt. Right? Like, it's, it's bananas crazy, but that's where our, that's where our conversations go because we don't have conversations anymore. We just say, Oh, well, wrong, wrong, wrong. I, I wanted to share this with you. I was sharing this with a friend the other day that a definition of ego that really resonated with me that our ego is the collector of our past experiences. Uh, and not only is it a collector of our past experiences or our, our past programming, rather, yeah. it's a validator of that past programming. Yeah. And so if you, you think about that, my past programming. <laughs> oh yeah, massively. But think about like the programming of the cycle, the programming that goes into being an Olympic athlete or an elite level athlete, or even for you as a man, me as a, you know, us as humans, there's, there's a massive amount of programming that goes involved into everything we do. And we're just all little sponges going around soaking it up. And we then operate from that, that limited experience we have of reality yes. and whatever that is. And, and then we, we put these expectations of one another that they should have some sort of similar reality experiences with you. It's the most ludicrous thing there is like to, to, to think that somebody else should have and at the slightest bit of that, that somebody else who's never lived a day in your life should have a similar reality as you, you know, but then we get upset with them because they don't. And not only do we make it get upset with them, we start making them into wrong or bad or whatever else it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause that's, cause that, uh, that's, that's, what um that's what makes us feel better yeah it's what it's what that's why we talk about it's your ego right it's 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 what it's, what, it's comforting it's the comfort it's gonna help me sleep good tonight it's gonna help me sleep good tonight i'm i'm good and you're bad i'm yes. right and you're wrong yeah. <laughs> and stop Everything. trying to make it more complex than it really is Exactly. I don't have to listen to anything Jared says. He's a Larry Bird fan. Like, uh, yeah, a hundred. Uh huh. Yeah, uh -huh. Yeah. But you know what? Larry Bird or Michael Jordan wouldn't have dropped out of the Olympics. How about that? <laughs> so, and, and here, here's 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 the thing with the Michael Jordan piece, right? Arguably, greatest athlete, greatest competitor. Nobody's going to dispute that. And let's not forget that he took he retired from basketball for two years at his prime after winning the third championship after his father was killed because he had just fed up with it. He had had enough. And at the time in the nineties, we called magnitude. it something different. Magnitude. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the devil's advocate. His father was murdered, murdered. Let's get it right. He was murdered. And he said, I can't deal with this. I'm back out. I don't know what happened in Simone Biles personal life, but I guarantee you if it was anything of the magnitude of father being murdered, Guess what? It'd have been on the news because we catch on to shit like that. So I'm yeah. just saying, I'm yeah. just saying, I'll give Michael Jordan a pass, even though I don't like him. But <laughs> I'm not, I respect it. Again, not giving a pass. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. And so again, that I don't buy any Simone Biles gear. How about that? I'll be classic American. How about cool. that? I, I, that's <laughs> it? That's it. You know, it, it's like, and, and, and again, to the whole experience notion, who are we to say, 
we don't we don't know if, if somebody's never gone through that experience of having their father murdered we don't know emotionally what that experience is like and so we it's it's hard to compare scale to another person right because well we can it, imagine we can imagine we absolutely can imagine freaking awful yeah absolutely like we we can imagine you know i i I was like cancer he was killed (laughs) but it's crazy it's like i you know i i've gone through a lot of different losses with different with some of the different people different souls in my life and each one of them has been different you know in terms of the emotional effect and it's been circumstantial too based off of where i am in that point in my life And, and that's it it's like there's 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 humans. We're this. We're this melting pot of complexity going on of thoughts, feelings, emotions, life experiences, life events of what's important to us. Geez, you know what's important to me now may not have been what was important to me 15 years ago, and and that is, I, I think it's it's again we we feel because we we have stake in the game. We want to see people win. We want to see them succeed. But who are we to decide what's important to somebody else? And and. I think that what she's doing is it really does in many ways it intersects with some of these bigger themes that you and I have been talking about the past year and change now in some ways, shape or form. So I yeah, think I, I do think it's a good leap forward. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just one of those that leaps where <laughs> a part of me is still back here. Like, you know, I can, I'm yeah. recognizing every, the world going this way. But I'm like, I like this. Hundred <laughs> percent, dude. That's like, I get it. Like that's like, I think I told you before. Man, it broke my heart uh, like uh, six months ago or something like that when I sat down to watch Rambo, and I wasn't enjoying it because I'm like, fuck. I really, you know, before this worked because it's ultimate good guy versus all the bad guys. But now. <laughs> Like not, not all these guys are bad guys. They're all just probably people who are being coerced in, in, into fighting and they're doing it because of whatever their propaganda they've been fed and all that. I said, that just sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I had one of those watched the war movie the other day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I was like, God, this is horrible. Like it was so enjoyable when it was good versus evil and you could really get involved. And now I'm just like, man, like, all these guys are people who have families, friends. They're probably afraid. They want their lives. They're all like, this sucks. And so Rambo went from being a hero to now being <laughs> just so this is miserable. Oh, uh, but have you ever watched one of those memes where they like show like a Michael Bay movie and then give like a fake death count? Like as the, as the movie goes. I watched it for the Rambo series. It, it's crazy. It's like 600 and some kills. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, <laughs> I, I still, I still, I still can enjoy Rambo four because he did a really good job of trying to make, put scenes in there where they made everybody on the bad guy side look bad. Uh-huh. Like, oh, and, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so there's still like this sense of comeuppance with it where you're like, oh. whereas in the previous ones, there's just a couple people that you'd really stand out who are the bad guys. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! All right, all right, everybody. We'll probably wrap it up there. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your opinions? Of what happened? Do you think this is good? Do you think it's bad? Where Where are you at with what Jared and I had to say? We'd love to hear from you, Jared. As always, I appreciate you, and we look forward to seeing you all next time. Yes, next time, guys. I really want to hear what people. I want to know if anybody's on my side. As far as 
I'm staying, but I'm disappointed. That's what I want. Or all of y'all, all of y'all just gonna stand on the politically correct side and say, no, she had to affect her feelings. Okay, anyway, never mind. All right, I'm done. <laughs>